0: Hello, everyone. I'm Dr. Carmen Pugliafito, and I'm pleased to have here today a good friend and colleague, Dr. Dennis Marcus, who is president of Southeast Retina in Augusta, Georgia, and also clinical professor of ophthalmology at Medical College of uh, Georgia, Augusta University. And uh, Dennis is an experienced retinal surgeon. Welcome to Retina Synthesis.
1: Thank you, Carmen. So good to see you. Uh,
0: you gave a a really fascinating presentation at the ARS meeting about suprachoroidal gene therapy treatment for eyes with, non, with non-proliferative diabetic retinopathy and no macular edema. Is that right? Yeah, there were enrolling in
1: the altitude study where eyes with severe NPDR as well as non-high-risk PDR patients were included without DME so a DR population without DME.
0: So can you tell us a little bit about the the gene vector that was used, RGX314? What's its goal? So the
1: RGX314 utilizes anoviral 8 vector, which is hypothesized to induce less of an immune response, and in non-human primate models is thought to have greater efficiency than earlier version vectors, such as Anovirus two, uh, of gene expression. So, at least in non-human primate models, greater expression of genes than Anoviral two vectors, as well as hypothesized both in the suprachroidal space as well as the vector itself to induce less less inflammation.
0: And what uh, protein product does it produce?
1: Produces a monoclonal fragment antibody of anti-VEGF therapy uh, in animal, non-human primate models. And is thought to uh, create anti-VEGF long-term expression in retinal cells is the goal uh, with regard to the gene therapy approach.
0: Does it have, is it an analog to any of the commonly used anti-VEGF agents? Like, is it a fragment of ranibizumab? So it's a ranibizumab-like
1: fragment. It's not ranibizumab. It's, it's a ranibizumab-like
0: product, anti-VEGF molecule. What's the prior experience with this uh, drug in uh, retina? So the experience, the greatest experience
1: has been the phase one, two data with uh, the subretinal administration. This, my presentation at ASRS involved diabetic retinopathy and suprachoroidal injection. So the, the most advanced uh, experience has been with subretinal administration in patients with uh, non-treatment naive AMD. And in the subretinal uh, the surgery data thus far indicates eyes that are producing after vitrectomy and subretinal injection with this, eyes are producing anti VEGF product uh, one, two, and three years out after subretinal injection. And uh, pretty good data regarding decreased treatment burden and safety. Uh, the AVA trial is now evaluating the suprachoroidal. RGX314 for non-naive neovascular AMD. And I presented the data on DR with the suprachoroidal approach with RGX314.
0: So what's the physiologic rationale for using suprachoroidal drug delivery of this uh, agent?
1: So I think that the uh, injection of the suprachoroidal space in the Triamcinolone trials for uveitis and DME showed a treatment effect. So obviously we can get a treatment effect with Triamcinolone for those diseases. Macular edema with uveitis, I think was recently approved and uh, as well as uh, treatment for uh, diabetic macular edema showed some effect. So I think the space, which is new to retina uh, is a potential space. I think it has the potential for gene therapy as a potential space opposed to the choroid and RPE in the suprachoroidal space to transfect cells. Both retinal and RPE produce the protein in an office-based procedure, uh, as opposed to the subretinal approach uh, and vitrectomy. So the advantages are hypothesized to be a decreased immune response within the space, localization of an office-based procedure to allow access to the eye. And some pretty good advanced data with Triamcinolone to say, hey, this gets into the eye uh, with at least Triamcinolone. It produces an effect for macular edema, both diabetic and uh, and with uh, uveitis in, in the Triamcinolone studies with the injection. And now with gene therapy, uh, potentially office-based, hopefully decreased treatment burden in a diabetic population that are at risk for non-compliance and the Pie in the sky is one and done, and the you know this approach with a non-DME diabetic retinopathy uh, population is really uh, our results are compelling to say hey this could possibly be applicable to a, a larger non-compliant compliant population with regard to prophylaxis. We know that intravitreal injections with anti-VEGF therapy certainly. Reduces uh, progression and increases regression of retinopathy, but with many injections in a population that doesn't necessarily follow up. So the retina community hasn't embraced intravitreal anti-VEGF injection therapy for DR without DME to a great degree because of the injection burden and the population we're dealing with, and. Say, hey, this, this may be a, an approach if we can obtain longer-term safety and analysis of uh, efficacy as well.
0: What uh, tissues in the uh, eye are transfected by the uh, RGX314?
1: I think in the animal models, uh, non-human primates, certainly the RPE, even retinal cells and scleral fiber cells have been, have been shown to possibly express the anti-VEGF therapy. I think that it's hypothesized that that the RPE in some retinal cells will will produce uh, the fragment and protein and anti-VEGF therapy. Uh, and this is some of the, the benefits of, of the space and the approach. On the other hand, with any gene therapy, we have to concern ourselves with, with other cells in the body producing uh, anti-VEGF. Uh, however, in the, at least the non-human primate studies, there didn't seem to be a great effect with systemic uh, transfection. So I think that the the space is unique. And the eye, of course, provides us with an exquisite organ to approach uh, various gene therapies. And this is uh, certainly an interesting approach. And the data that we presented at ASRS with one-third of the initial at least 15 eyes at this dose of gene therapy, uh, we've got a 33% rate of DRSS improvement, which is, seems exciting and comparable to uh, intravitreal injections, three monthly intravitreal injections. I presented at the ASRS looking back at the panorama data with a Flibercept in a severe NPDR group showed a 40 to 45% rate of DRSS improvement to two-step improvement rate at three months after three monthly injections. If we look back at the RIDE-RISE data with ranibizumab and a DME population in those patients with severe NPDR, those results 30 to 35% rate of DRSS improvement rates after three monthly injections. So if we look at our uh, altitude study, at least initial results at three months, In DR without DME, a 33% rate in all eyes, including PDRIs. And in our severe NPDRIs of those 15 patients, a 43% rate of DRSS improvement. One patient had a four step improvement, which really indicates proof of principle, I think, uh, at least in the short term, N of one, but one patient improving four steps three months after a therapy seems to be. Significant.
0: So, how long is the, the the study design goes for? How long?
1: So, the study's design. The primary outcome is is one year. Uh, I think that there'll be two year analysis and probably longer extension studies planned. Additional cohorts at higher doses. Cohorts two and three are enrolling now, uh, in both NAb negative and NAb positive patients, and that'll give us a uh, higher dose uh, safety and, and efficacy as well. So the, the safety data that we presented in this cohort one at ASRS, uh, and that included all patients, and the first patient enrolled at the time of the presentation was out 10 months. So for all patients, the safety data indicated no cases of intraocular inflammation, no cells on silt cell lamp examination, no vitritis uh, in all 15 eyes treated Uh, for all the population. uh, One case of episcleritis was noted two two weeks after supracharoidal injection. It resolved with topical steroids, and that was it as far as inflammation. No serious adverse events except in a fellow eye, non-study eye, vitreous hemorrhage, and uh, the usual conjunctival hyperemia and injection after, uh, hyperemia and conjunctival injection or hemorrhage after uh, injection not felt to be drug related. So the safety profile so far in this first cohort is very promising with regard to inflammation without any prophylactic periocular oral or topical steroids, which is, which is important in the, in in the gene therapy, uh, uh, literature and experience.
0: What about the, uh, injection procedure itself? What was the anesthesia technique uh, learning curve on that?
1: So it's interesting. I think my learning curve is you, you have to press hard that's clear that the the needle is small and to get it in the right space and decrease resistance, you have to press harder than you would think. Uh, but it's an it's it's different than individual injection but uh, it's interesting that the patients how well they tolerate it and how Well, once you're pressing hard enough that the resistance lessens and you get the drug in the space, it's monitored by thermal imaging, which is interesting. The drug is stored at minus 70. So you you can, I I think at ASRS, I showed a video of mine on an altitude patient showing the spread that you can see that's similar to the animal models that I presented the week prior at Retina Society, that you can really see the spread of drug both circumferentially and posteriorly in the suprachoroidal space using thermal imaging. The drug is cold, so purple is cold, the lid speculum is cold, and you see the warm uh, orange eye, and you can see the drug spread, which is kind of uh, interesting and and different. Anesthesia, we've gone back and forth in discussions of the group, and each investigator has a bias and and experience at first our investigator group discussed and and many of us were suggesting uh, subconjunctival lidocaine injection posterior to the site it's usually given supero temporally uh, as it's evolved uh, my feeling and some of the group have felt that that's unnecessary and that patients tolerate it well occasionally there'll be sort of a a uh, some discomfort with the initial injection but Really, it's it's well tolerated, like intravitreal injections, though far, thus far in my experience. And my bias is not to use subconjunctival
0: lidocaine and just topical. The um, this is a phase one two trial that's going on or a phase two. This is a phase two altitude study going
1: on. So the subretinal. Surgery was phase one and two in neovascular AMD. The Aviate and altitude suprachoroidal studies in neovascular AMD and altitude are phase two. And there's a phase three atmosphere study with the drug with subretinal detrectomy delivery as well in neovascular AMD.
0: How far away do you think we are from a phase three trial of suprachoroidal treatment for diabetes?
1: I guess if we look at the pace of subretinal, I'd say, I'd say, two years. If it if it uh, bears out with these two studies, I would think that uh, in that time period would be the start of a phase three. If these results were positive,
0: well, it's certainly an exciting approach to treating a blinding chronic disease, and. Uh, it addresses the compliance and drug injection frequency uh, issues uh, surrounding anti-VEGF treatment prophylactically.
1: Yeah, I, I would agree. And especially in the diabetic population and, and maybe uh, less of an uh, anti-VEGF load is needed if, if in theory, subretinal surgery, subretinal surgery and application, if in theory produces a greater amount of protein, maybe we don't need it as a prophylactic treatment, especially. This, this is a unique approach and a unique population that was chosen. And uh, I think it was fortunate our results thus far indicate this may actually be a, v- a very rational approach for, for this population and, and disease in a patient with good vision and diabetic retinopathy as opposed to intravitreal injections. But obviously, Small numbers, short-term follow-up thus far, and safety is is important in the long term.
0: Well, Dennis, thanks so much for this uh, exciting summary and your great work, and uh, we look forward to hearing more from you in the future. Thank you Thank you you, Carmen. Thank you.